Turn to three people around you and say, Jesus really likes you. Turn to those same three people and say, Jesus got a plan for you. Oh, yeah, uh, by the way, men, men, in this section and that section, men, when the service is over, we need you to help stack chairs. Duh, I forgot that part. So stick around, stack a few chairs. There'll be people to tell you what to do. We don't need you to tell us what to do. Just be a, be a little Indian and do what you're supposed to, okay? That's all we do. All right, let's read our scripture. Parable of the sower explained. Therefore, the parable of the sower, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the wicked one comes and snatches it away. What was sown in his heart, this is he who received by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony place, and this is he whose heart, the word, immediately received it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but he endures only for a while. For when the tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who receives the seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches chokes the word and he becomes unfruitful. But he who received the seed on good ground is he who hears the word, understands it, who indeed bears fruit, produces hundredfold, some 60, some 30. Let's pray. Lord, I just ask you to be with us. God, I pray that you will help us for just a few minutes. Let us hear your word, Lord. God, I pray for what's going on over the Middle East. God, protect our soldiers. God, God, keep that thing from going crazy, Lord. God, give our, our president and our leaders wisdom, your wisdom, Lord. God, I pray that... Uh, this morning, any distracting spirit will be bound in the name of Jesus. And God, I just pray that you will be glorified. In your name we pray, amen. Okay. This is the fifth installment of, of the first of the year, what the Lord started talking to me about. And I want to make sure you understand Okay, where are we going with this? First of all, it's February. Who stole January? Dude, it just, it was gone. It was, it's amazing. But we started this thing off, and I want you to hear this. I want to get this back in your mind, that God wants to take you somewhere. I want you to get to the end of the year, and you be better, have made progress, I'm not intending on you being perfect because you ain't going to be that. 
but I want you to be better. I want you to have gone on a journey. I am not talking about New Year's resolutions. I'm talking about asking the Lord, what do you want me to do and doing that and going in that direction? Where do you want me to sow? All those things, and God's been using this story. We talked about the sower, the seed, and today and next week, we're gonna talk about the soil, okay? If you hadn't heard any of those, go online and go on YouTube and watch them all. They said they found a camera that makes me look thin, so I'm excited, okay? But here's what I want you to get. We're not trying, this isn't self-help. This is, God, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to invest in going in that direction? That's what this is about. Now, we talked about a sower went out to sow the first week, just kind of get your juices flowing. Small, deliberate actions, small seeds grow big things. I'm not telling you to turn your world upside down. God might do that eventually, what he's done for me, but usually it's always just small things. Start sowing here. Start doing this. Stop doing that. Small seeds is where big changes happen. When we do, good seed does good harvest. Remember we talked about you plant corn, don't be mad when you don't get tomatoes. Good seed because you reap what you sow. Now every time I ever hear that, it's always negative, isn't it? It's always, well, he just reaping what he sowed. You know, it's always been negative. Well, if it's in the negative, it's in the positive also. That means if I sow good seed, I can expect what? A good harvest. That's exciting to me. I want to sow God's seeds, good seed. And when we understand that we sow the word of God, when I begin to sow it in my mind, I meditate on it, I do it, and then I give it away in you and the world, things begin to happen. Now, today I want to talk about the soils. We're going to talk about the first two. But I want you to understand something about the soil first. Look at Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. If you have your Bible, you, you really can't say that anymore. Nobody brings their Bible. I brought mine because, you know, I'm spiritual. <laughs> Look what it says. In the kingdom of God, okay? Remember what we were talking about, the word of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is this, a man should scatter seed on the ground. And look what happens. And should sleep by night and rise up by the day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself has no clue how. For the earth yields the crop by itself for the, first the blade, then the head, then the full grain ahead. But when the grain ripens immediately, everybody say immediately. He puts in, gets his sickle, and the harvest has come. Now, I want you to understand, I love this. I love this because God hadn't called you to judge the soils. He's called you to sow. He's called you to, he, this man, he didn't understand it, can't explain it. 
I cannot explain salvation to you. And that's part of our problem. We're trying to make something supernatural more reasonable. We're trying to get people, well, if you really understand it, when the Bible says it's beyond the peace that passes all what? Understanding. I don't know how I got converted from death to life and how joy and light is in me. I just know it has. I don't have to understand it all. Some of you won't do what God wants you to do because you think you don't know enough. Well, you probably know too much. We're trying to make it more reasonable, more understandable, when this whole thing is crazy. I mean, it's crazy. I lo listen, I love you guys. Me and Amy pray for y'all. Man, our greatest joy is when you're successful. But I'm telling you right now, I ain't sacrificing Micah for you. That don't even make sense for me. When you, and then some of you, don't even appreciate if I sacrifice my son. I ain't doing it. I don't even comprehend how you can do that. But I'm sure glad God did. You don't have to understand. I mean, this farmer just threw some seed out and he went to bed, went and drank coffee with his wife, hung out. He didn't go out there every night, every day going, is it working? Because he trusted the seed. I want to trust the Lord. I want you to understand, sometimes Christianity don't make sense to the world. That's crazy. I had a man stop me at Walmart one time. His wife had been coming. His wife was here. He ain't never darkened the door. He said, "He, I mean, when I saw him coming, buddy, he saw me, and buddy, he picked up his pace. He's coming after me. Not, not in a bad way. He wanted to talk to me. He walked up to me and said, hey, preacher, you know my wife called her name. She's been coming to your church. I don't know what y'all doing over there, but all of a sudden, my wife wants to give 10% of our income. That's crazy. I said, I, I mean, we're in, I'm just there to pick up some peas and, uh, you know, and stuff for Amy. You know, he said, he said, man, that's the craziest thing I ever heard. I said, well, the Bible teaches, and I tried to go into a Bible, I could see his just, I mean, he ain't listening to a word I say. And uh, I got to the end, he goes, so what you're telling me, I get to work my, and he said the donkey saying, and they just turn around and give you, and then you give it to people, pay their light bill that ain't working? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. He goes, that's crazy. Just walked off. Never had another conversation. He, you understand that the seed of salvation, how God changes people. We're trying to make it more, more reasonable, more palatable. It's not my job to judge the soil. 
It's your job to sow. Are you hearing me? Don't say, well, they're getting what they deserve. They don't deserve my kindness. No, you do it because God tells you to do it. That's what God calls us to do. So God checked my oil on this one one time when we started manna and I was, we started before we were giving out food when we first started manna and we bring it out. We had volunteers and two days a week, we'd bring it out to their car. Remember that, Mike? I used to load them up and make them do it with me because I wanted, I remember taking two bags of groceries to a yellow Hummer and this guy was driving a yellow Hummer Hummer. And I'm thinking, man, I can't even afford to get my kid. And I'm giving free food. My brain, you know, my flesh. And the Lord said to me, he said, I didn't call you to judge whether they deserve it or not. I told you to just give. Yes, sir. Prayed for that guy. Bless you. Did the Catholic thing, you know, put it on him and moved on. It's not our job to judge the soil. It's our job to sow. Are you hearing me? Now let's look at these two soils. I want you to see this. I don't know the condition of the heart, but here's one. He said, by the wayside, seeds fell by the wayside. And here's what it says. They didn't comprehend it. They don't grasp it. It makes no impression on them. You've got to understand, first of all, we have an enemy that we cannot see that is trying to drag as many people to hell and put them through hell as as he can. And the Bible teaches us, you need to understand this, first of all, so you don't lose heart, and second of all, because you fight the right way. Look what the Bible says. Why can't they grasp it? It's good news. It's great news. God loves you. People without a father that were abused by their father, when I say, man, you have a heavenly father that loves you, they can't grasp it. They can't hear it. Why? They're blinded. Look what it says, the Bible says. It says, but even our gospel is veiled. It's veiled to those who are perishing. They're saying they can't see it. What? Look at it. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded. Do you see that? We have an enemy that blinds people to the natural good news of the gospel. That is good news. Peace and joy and all that, but people can't see it. You ever talk to somebody that's in drugs or are you trying to help and you say something and they, they go and do the exact opposite of what you said. They can't hear it. They can't comprehend it. They're so blinded by their own hatred, their own brokenness, and Satan has done that. You need to recognize that because if you don't believe it, you will blame them for not hearing. Now, I know everybody's got a choice, but they have a choice once they hear. The God of this age blinds them, and they can't hear the gospel. You're talking to them, and it's just... It ain't registered. Anybody, you ever had a conversation with somebody and you said something and then they went and told somebody else? Totally different conversation. You go, I didn't say that at all. What does that mean? They're being blinded. Okay, you need to recognize that. Now, first of all, how does he blind them? How does he blind them? 
How does Satan do this? That word wayside also meant walkway. One author described it as the pathways around the field and through the rows. People walk on those so much it becomes hard and the seed won't make an impression. Do you hear what I just said? One of the ways Satan blinds us is through people. People have walked on our ground so much, it's made us hard. Some can't hear because people have made their heart hard. Past hurts. Every time I mention the word father, especially in a group of teenagers, I get all kinds of reactions when I say God wants to be your father because their heart is blind, hurt. Some of you are in this church because you got hurt in another church. And you need to understand, people are going to hurt you, but if you stay hurt, Satan blinds you. How is it that some people can come to church every Sunday, and they do it mainly out of habit, but they've let their heart get hard and hurt, and they're blinded. They walk out of here unmoved, unchanged, unchallenged, just worrying like some of you right now. All you're worried about is what you're doing after this. When someone is declaring the very word of the kingdom, you're unmoved, unchallenged, and it's because you've let your heart get hurt. And so it blinds us. The word has no profit to you. The seed has no profit to them. And I want you to, first of all, I am sorry you've had church hurt. Gandhi said it like this. Gandhi said, I would have been a Christian. He read the Bible, the New Testament. I would have been a Christian if it weren't for Christians. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry, pastors, a lot of pastors have made it about them. My success is not based on how many butts I got in the chairs. My success is how successful you are in life. That's the joy me and Amy find. And I'm sorry it has been wrong in a lot of places, but don't let that bind. This is the reason I preach the way I do. I get all up in your cornflakes because I want you to be successful. I want you to get over stuff. I want you to lay down that hardness because if you don't, you're not gonna hurt me. Satan's gonna blind you and when the seed and the word comes, you can't receive it. And you just, you judge everything by that past. You judge everything by being hurt and everything is veiled through that filter. Your response to that in your past, first of all, is, and I'm going to call you to repentance in just a little while. Repentance is not a bad thing. Repentance is denying one direction and walking in the other. I'm going to call you to that. To not let your heart get hard. Our response to somebody else if you know people that are like that, you know somebody you've talked to a bunch of times and it ain't helped, 
and you're, you know you're right, you're trying to get them to get out of sin or get out of, way. Well, you know you're right, you know what that is? Then you gotta pray. You gotta pray, keep sowing, and pray because you're dealing with spiritual blindness. They can't hear. It don't matter who you get. I've had people call me and say these words to me. Brother, I, I've been telling them, but will you come and tell them? They'll listen to you. No. They ain't listening to nobody because why? Satan has them blinded. You got to do the spiritual warfare over them, claiming, tearing down that so that they can hear the good news. Does that make sense? Because Satan just comes in and he just snatches the seed. Oh, I don't need that. I ain't got that unmoved. How is it that a church service happens and people are touched and moved? The first service was awesome. People were touched and moved. And, all, and some people just walked out. How does that happen? God was sowing seeds. Some people just can't receive it because I'm hurt from the past. Look. I know we, in a crowd this size, we have family hurt in here. And I'm trying to tell you, I'm gonna show you in just a second, you gotta get past that. Or you won't be able to receive what God is trying to sow in you. Okay, does that make sense? Now the second soil that he talked about, the wayside, then he talked about the stony soil. The stony soil. And look what happened in the stony soil. They received the seed, a little bit of dirt on top of the stones, a little bit of dirt, sprang up quickly. And look at the words they used. They received them quickly and immediately. When people are desperate, you give them anything, they're excited about it. Aren't they? You give them a little, they're looking for relief, marriage counseling. You give them a little relief. You give them a little joy, and all of a sudden they're excited. Something help them. You pay their light bill, and they, woo! I mean, you know, they they rub it on Todd's head when he writes that check, man. Yay! You know, I mean, there's relief, there's joy. But what I want you to understand is, look at what it says. There was joy. They received it. They're excited about it. Look at what God did to me. Oh, I'm excited about that. Woo! But look at what he says. They had no root in themselves. They had no root system. Okay? Look what he says. They received it with joy immediately, yet they had no root in sound and endures. Now look at it. Woo! We fix to get personal. When tribulation and persecution arises, because of the devil? No. Because of the demons? Because of your mother-in-law? No. Persecution, tribulation arises. Look at it. Because of the word of the kingdom. What are you saying, Brother Allen? I'm telling you. Walking with Christ. That word tribulation in the Greek is scandalon, which is also interpreted in other places, offended. Offenses. 
do you realize that sometimes walking with Christ is offensive to your flesh? Sometimes God asks you to sacrifice your flesh and your want to. Sometimes God asks you, because of the word of the kingdom, he demands sacrifice. What did Jesus do when he walked up? He walked up to the first disciples. What did he do? Follow me. They had a choice at that moment. The choice was, we either follow him or we got to keep doing what we're doing. They let, the Bible says they left their nets and followed him. Now, I want you to hear me. Sometimes God asks you to forgive when you have a right to be offended. Sometimes God asks you to sacrifice. Sometimes it's hard on your flesh because you don't understand and you won't understand on this side of heaven, but you just got to trust him because that love that he put in your heart overwhelms that. I have another example, but we had one of the greatest examples this morning. I was so moved. I, uh, I, I wept most of the worship time in the first service. We had a guy sitting over there who had been a part of our church. He went out to Bible college, and now he's working at a church in California. And I watched him worship. And he's lifting his hands. You are worthy of it all. And he's weeping. He's here because his little brother was the one that was killed on Highway 11 a few days ago. And he's here for his little brother's funeral when I don't understand, when I don't know what's going on, when I don't know why, you are worthy of it all. And this, this young man, he's lifting his hand saying, weeping, I don't understand, but you're still worthy. Following Christ sometimes is hard. Sometimes I got to lay down my flesh. Sometimes I got to love people I don't want to. Sometimes I got to give when I don't want to. Sometimes I got to lay down my American right to have somebody to blame and just say, Lord, I trust you. I don't know what's going on. When you do that, what do you do? What are roots are supposed to do? Roots hold a tree in place when everything in the atmosphere is going crazy, like last night's storm. Roots, the deeper they are, they hold something in place, correct? What do you do with somebody that doesn't have a root system in themselves yet? Well, what do they do with trees when they plant them? 
They tie them off to something that's bigger than them. That's why you need to join a life group. If you taste it a little bit, you don't have enough to hold on because following Christ, he demands you follow him. If you're not going to follow him, if you're only going to follow him in good times, guess what? Guess what? You're not going to follow him because you're not promised all good times. You're not promised that, you know, when Amy starts saying, you know, when the baby is, and they said he could die if he's not, and Amy starts singing, God is so good, and saying, God, you gave us this child, weeping the whole time. This child is yours, whatever you want to do. I mean, you don't just get that kind of root system. You need to be around people that have that kind of root system. That's why we have life groups. Because you don't know, you need to build. It takes time to build those kind of relationships where somebody is further along than you, that they can prop you up when you can't hold yourself up. That you're around somebody that's going to just say, we were able to gather around that boy, and he wept all morning. And he came up and said, God, I needed that. When you understand, sometimes following Christ, I got to put my roots deep. Do you realize the sequoias? We all love them. We love the pictures of them, and we love all that. Do you realize they only grow in groves? You don't see one standing off by itself. And scientists have discovered that their roots are intertwined. They all grow together. That means one is held up by the whole group. That's why Satan fights so hard to get you offended and to get you by yourself. Because you are not strong enough by yourself. That's why he said we need each other. That's why sometimes it is so hard to say, God, I forgive that's why forgiveness is so powerful. It lets you connect to somebody that's going to prop you up when you need it. Somebody's going to pray. Friday was Billy's anniversary of passing away. It's been five years. You believe that? My sister said, here's what she said. This is a husband that she waited on till she was 41. Never married, waited for Mr. Wright, he came. They had 18 years of great marriage. I told her, James, I know people have been married 50 years they ain't had 18 good years. Can I get a witness? <laughs> Maybe don't give me a witness. But here's what she said. Listen to what I'm saying to you. We're talking about what kind of soul. Who are you following? And how are you following him? This is what he said. She said, I would not have made it if it weren't for the people around me. First thing people started doing, first thing people started doing is offering her drugs. 
man, I got some stuff to take the edge off. I got some stuff to take the edge. Because that's all the world has to offer when God says, I want to put some people around you that will hold you up till you can stand up again on your own. That's what the church is supposed to be. And understanding that growing fast and growing by yourself will only lead you to destruction because you can't handle it by yourself. I can't. I need people around me. He did not have any root because sometimes God's going to ask me to do things that I just don't want to do. It hurt me. Sometimes I get, and we've had people in our church, I get persecuted because following Christ. I mean, not persecuted like they are over in the Middle East. I'm talking about where they stop talking to me and they, we got people that kick, had their family say, I mean, Remo, his dad said, I no longer have a son. Now, thank God all that's changed around now, but persecution because he yielded to the word of the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I want you to understand there's no root in, your, in yourself. Get around somebody that's got some deeper roots than you and prop up people that need propping up. Sometimes I got to just trust him when I don't understand. And guys, that's hard sometimes. Guys have me walk through stuff. When I knew I did what he told me to do, and I walked right into a buzzsaw. And I went, are you going to trust me? You're the only one that has the words of life. I have to. Does that make sense? So... That's why life groups, that's why these things are so important. I just want to stop there because here's what I want to do. I just felt real strong uh, this morning that I want to call you to repentance. First of all, how are you following? Well, God, I'll do it if I like what you're telling me to do. If I like, if I think it goes along with what I want to do, you're not following. We need to repent. And all repentance is, I'm going in one direction, I'm turning around, I'm changing my mind and my thoughts. Some of you need to stop talking about past hurts. Let it go. I'm going to ask you in just a second to come to the altar and just kneel and, and pray and say, God, I have complained about what you've asked me to do. I told a man, I probably shouldn't have, but he wasn't my church member, so I didn't feel like I had to coddle him too much. He was complaining about his wife and 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 complaining about her around me to where I was sick of it. 
I said, do you feel like God gave you that wife? Well, yeah, years ago. I said, well, you're the problem. She's the same lady, you're the problem. You need to repent and ask God how to sow into your field, how to make this thing flourish, change what you need to change. I'm gonna ask you to give up your unforgiveness. I'm gonna ask you to lay down your church hurt and stop thinking about it and talking about it. I'm gonna ask you to come to the altar and just say, Lord, I hadn't been a good follower because you've asked me to do some things I just don't like. I'm gonna ask you to come before the Lord and tell. I'm gonna ask some of you who are good followers and you know somebody else is struggling in here. I'm gonna ask you to go and pray for them and say, I just wanna prop you up. I just wanna tell you like we did that. I mean, that young kid came down and he fell on my shoulder and he cried and he said, man, I can't tell you how bad I needed that today. Nobody tried to explain why. Nobody tried to tell him some goofy, well, God's will thing. We just came alongside and said, man, we love you. Our roots are going a little deeper now, right now than yours are. I wanna, we had a lady who got up and walked over to him who had buried her son. And she's years ago and she's come out the other side and has joy and she was able just to what we're supposed to do. Guys, in this world, you will have tribulation. That's Jesus talking. Amen. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. If I just keep following him, He's going to navigate this minefield for me. Doesn't mean I have joy and everything, but it's time to lace down some things that are keeping the seed from being planted in you. Does that make sense? See, that's the point. God, Satan doesn't want you to have a harvest. So he wants to keep that seed because he knows the power of the seed. Is that making sense? I want you to rise to your feet. If there, I want you to just hold your hands out right now. Just close your eyes. Elisha's going to sing over us. And I'm going to ask you to come to the altar and lay down some unforgiveness. Lay down whatever. If you hadn't been a good follower, some of you life group leaders and staff members, you know somebody's struggling in here going through something, go and pray for them. Or if you know somebody, go and pray for them. Some of you have given up on people. You've given up, you stopped trying and you stopped praying for a prodigal or for somebody. I want you to bring them to the altar and say, Lord, I'm gonna pray for them to my dying breath. I'm gonna call out their name. Because they're worth it. Just close your eyes right now. Lord, 
Invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Right now, you just begin to come. Begin to do what you, you need to come to the altar. There are several of you. You hadn't been a good follower. You're judging what God wants to do based on what you want to do instead of just saying, Lord, I yield. It's time to repent right now. If you want to go pray for somebody you know struggling, you do that. So right now, you move. and Just obey what the Lord is telling you to do. God, I want to repent for holding bitterness from that past church, that past pastor that hurt me, a father that wasn't there. I want you to come to the altar and just tell him, Lord, I want to follow you. I want to follow you. Come on, go to somebody. If you need to pray for someone. Come on, don't look around. Ask the Lord, what is he asking you to do? All my life you have been so, so good. Some of you life group leaders, why don't you pray for somebody right now? Go pray for somebody. Don't look around, just ask them. Come on. You know somebody's struggling, man, go pray for them if you know that. Hold your hands out and say, Holy Spirit, just speak. I'll follow. And do whatever he says. So, so Come on. It's time to repent. Lay down that unforgiveness. Lay down that bitterness. Let it go. good follower this morning. Do what he tells you to do. Don't let Satan blind you. Some of you know some people that are out there. I want you to come to the altar and pray for them right now. Pray for that person that's out there, that's blinded. Stand in the gap. Just lift your hands and be able to sing. Worthy of it all. Come on, sing. 
Sing it to him. at me. I I want you to hear me, okay? Be receptive to what God is sowing, even when you don't understand it. Because he's the only one that has the words of life. He's the only hope. Be a good follower. If he tells you to forgive, forgive. If he tells you to repent, repent. If he tells you to do something, do it. You don't have to understand it to do it. Trust his heart towards you. I want this church to live like that. I want us to be a grove of sequoias that we just, we're trusting in the voice. And sometimes we're gonna walk through hard times that we don't understand, but we know his voice will lead us through. Amen? Amen? So I want to pray for you. Hold hands. Men, please help us stack chairs and come tonight. Daniel, come tonight. Make her cook something. Come tonight. If you're new in the church, you definitely come tonight. If you want to get connected, come tonight, okay? And we want to see God do some great things. Amen? Father, I just thank you for my family, for this group. I ask you just to bless and touch. And God, I ask you right now, God, we want to be good followers. We don't want to be offended at your word. We know it causes tribulation some, but God, we want to be good followers. And Father, we love you. We honor you. And I pray your blessings. As long as you're with us, Lord, we can endure anything. God, I just ask you to bless and touch. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, start stacking those two sections, please.